It is Friday, June 16th. I'm Scott Sattenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. A historic start to the U.S. Open. And some NBA players who may be changing locations. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Not one, but two record-setting rounds at LACC. The United States defeats Mexico, CONCACAF Nations League. That's soccer, AJ. Oh, okay. And we're going to take a look at some NBA players who may be on the move. But what I, I think the U.S. Open's got to be the Vegas lead, right? Yes. Uh, round two beginning today at Los Angeles Country Club, a place that yesterday provided very little challenge to some of the best golfers in the world. As you mentioned in the Open, Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler, both with record-breaking or record-setting, if you will, 62 in their opening round. I just want people to understand this. There's been 123 U.S. Open championships. Crazy. No one has ever shot a 62 before. And... Not one player, two players <laughs> did it yesterday. So Johnny Miller had the record 50 years ago at Oakmont with a 63. I remember that it like was, it was yesterday. Yeah, of course. We were all there. A 63, that's the single round record for the U.S. Open until yesterday when it was both Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler, 20 minutes or so apart from each other, shooting scores that we have never seen in a U.S. Open. It's bonkers. You're not supposed to be able to do this at a U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is supposed to be our national championship. It's supposed to, was that, Tom Wamsgans? It was supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be the most challenging course these guys play all year long, and it's the toughest tournament to win on the PGA Tour. Well, as Will said, this is not a typical U.S. Open course. Will mm-hmm. Doctor, our pregame.com golf expert, was like, this is not your typical U.S. Open course. This is going to play a little different, so maybe maybe that's what he meant. And Maybe maybe it's not the typical U.S. Open course because it's not a, a wildly different Difficult course. I just don't. This is like crazy to see these scores. And what if Ricky Fowler had 10 birdies? Yeah. Yesterday? Yeah. That's oh, like, is that a lot? Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky if I get 10 birdies in a year. Oh, I'm lucky if I've had 10 in my life. <laughs> well, you don't play a lot of golf. No, <laughs> because I don't make birdies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, though, I feel like. Yes, we can sit here and we can acknowledge the accomplishments of Fowler and Xander Shoffley. And good for Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler is just like. Post-hype sleeper. Yeah. Remember it was supposed to be like the next big thing yeah. and he just wasn't. Good for him. We've been for... <laughs> we're waiting for a time where Ricky yeah. Fowler is going to come up and win a major. But, you know, and Dustin Johnson shot an incredible. What did he have? A 64, 65 Dustin Johnson? 64, Ricky Fowler shot, I mean, uh, call, Rory, call me when you're in the 62. Rory, right, McEl- Rory McElroy shot a 65. Bryson shot a 67. Scotty Scheffler was the favorite coming into this thing. He shot a 67. Normally, that's the first round leader. Yeah. Not when not when we have 62s out there on, on the leaderboard. 
But I think we have to look at this from a, a betting perspective, obviously. That's why it's called Straight Out of Vegas AM. And wonder if the course is going to play like this. Does that mean it's wide open? Like, does that is mean, it going to play like this? Is well, the first question. Now, I agree. I don't think we're going to see another 62. But if these guys are going to be able to shoot good scores, if the conditions, if the weather, if the softness is going to all, you know, be similar here today and through the weekend, then why not take a shot at somebody a little bit further down the odds board that's a couple of strokes back that has the potential to shoot a six under or a seven under here today? Well, my guy John Rahm shot one under yesterday, so he he apparently stinks. Yeah, like, I mean he's, he's out of one it. under par. He's like, done. He's like fifty strokes off the lead. No, but I, I I do think you have something there. Like it it does feel like if if it's I, I don't know that we'll again I don't know we'll see a bunch more of these scores, a bunch of eight unders. But I think if if four under is possible, then you could see a quick turnaround for anybody. So Scotty Scheffler was the favorite coming in. He had a three under sixty seven. Scheffler is the third favorite right now at plus 650 to win this thing. Xander Shopley's plus 320. Rory is plus 500. I got to think there's a, like, betting Scheffler at this number is is reasonable now. Maybe. Uh, I mean, but also, man, it, it, there's something to a guy like Xander Shoffley who is also regarded as one of the best in the world, also having – he was one of the guys who did have that phenomenal day. So – there's maybe there's something about that course that he's liking more than the, the typical guy is liking. Uh, it's easy to say, well, these rounds are available to anybody, but maybe there's a reason why Schaffler and Fowler were the two guys who were able to have these record-setting days. Mackenzie, is there a bet on? Uh, sh- um... I guess both their scores. Let's 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 look at Xander and Fowler, the two leaders that shot the 62. What's the uh, number on their second round scores? Yeah, it's interesting. So Xander Schauffler is 68 and a half. It's the best in the field. Only uh, Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka are right there with him. So he's the sixth favorite coming into the U.S. Open, has this day. Now he's considered the best player in the field, at least for round two, 68 and a half. Ricky Fowler, he was a little bit lower on the odds board coming in. He's over under 70 and a half. Okay. Is Ricky Fowler really going to shoot? A, an even par 70? Mm. Or is number seven and a half? 70 and a half. His number 70 and a half. Do yeah. we think, do we, is Ricky shooting one over tomorrow? He's done it a lot would in you, his career. Would you have expected After eight under, he's going mean, to play the same course? He's going to go out. And, you know, and, this guy's a playboy. No, the course will be different tomorrow. They're, you know, the different conditions pin positions. will be better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and we've got a, a quote from, uh, from Scotty Scheffler here talking about, he, he said, this is the easiest it'll play all week. I would imagine that's probably the easiest conditions we're going to see. Um, I have a feeling the USGA doesn't love that somebody shot 62 today. Um, and then we'll, we'll hopefully I'll be teeing off a lot later the next few days than I did, did today. <laughs> and if that's true, then who knows what today looks like. If yesterday was the easiest day, how much more difficult does it get today? I, I don't know the answer to that. But, but no, Ricky Fowler shooting a, a par – like that would not shock me in the least. That that's about what his expectation would have been coming into this thing. I just feel bad for like a guy like Max Homa who comes out and shoots like a, a round one sixty eight. He's two under par. Thinks like I had a great first round at the U.S. Not Open. Not good enough, pal. Like I had a, like I shot. You know I had a great first round, and he's tied for fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it just doesn't make it, sense. But listen, it is. It was only Thursday. It's uh, I think these things. There's three more days of this tournament. They tend yes. to change very, very quickly. Some yeah. of these guys who we're looking at at the leaderboard right now will probably be withdrawn by uh, by this time tomorrow. So uh, it's some something crazy always tends to happen. And, and again, I'm. I'm interested to see how the course plays, how differently it plays today versus yesterday. I mean, how do you feel if you're Justin Thomas and, like, you, you shot a three over yesterday? You suck. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adam Scott was three over as well. Just go home. Go to live. So was Jason Dye. <laughs> he was three over. I mean, a lot of guys didn't have good rounds. The Hideki Matsuyama was two over. I guess it mattered uh, when you went out on the course, obviously. You know, the weather conditions changed throughout the day. But, man, seeing these scores, it does not look like a U.S. Open. You're not – U.S. Opens, you're supposed to see, like, minus five, minus six wins the tournament. The past three years, six under has won the U.S. Open. Six, six under for the tournament. Six under for the tournament. Now, there was a couple of fluke ones. Four that, guys shot six under yesterday. Like it's That's for, for in one day. Now, there was a couple of flukes. Uh, 13 under Gary Woodland in 2019 at Pebble Beach. And the real anomaly was 2017 at, at Aaron Hills. Didn't Will Doctor say that this course was gonna was more was most similar, gonna play out to Aaron Hills? Was it was it Aaron Hills or was it, what's the course that uh, Jordan Spieth won at last time? That's the one he said. I don't. Chambers think Bay. Chambers. Bay. Oh, okay. All right. So Jordan Spieth at Chambers Bay was five under. At Aaron Hills, Brooks Kepka shot 16 under to win the U.S. Open in 2017. Yeah. And I feel like that year. There was like the same criticism we saw yesterday is what the criticism was in that in that tournament where everyone was like, This is this course is too easy. Players aren't supposed to be shooting like this. You're not you're just not supposed to shoot like this. Uh, in that tournament, by the way, Ricky Fowler, first round leader, sixty-five. Oh seven under par. And what did he do day two? Xander Shoffley tied for second with a sixty-six. And what'd they do the next day? Day two, Ricky Fowler shot a 73. Oh, is that over par? That's over. See? And, Zand and Xander Shoffley shot a 73. Uh-oh. Is there regression? Brooks coming? Kepka with a 67 that opening round, followed it up with a second round 70. And then, boy, the score started coming in. Brooks Kepka with a 68. Ricky Fowler had a 68. And then final round, Kepka. Shoots a 67. All I know is Brooks better pick it up. He's uh, he's over par. That's a place you don't want to be when people are shooting record-setting rounds over par. So, you guys want more absurd numbers? Yeah, yeah. please. So there's been 108 times where they've kept score to par in the U.S. Open. 98 of those times, the winning score was a worse score than the day one leader in 2023. Minus eight or better. Wow. Of course, it's too easy. 90% of the time, the final score isn't this good. Well, let's see if the I, – I, I'm guessing – the the winner of this tournament isn't going to be 25 under par. No. I, I think that yesterday was an anomaly. I think it, it comes back. I think it'll, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to be like three under now. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think. I wouldn't think be shocked. How much would you guys give me for the final score being worse than minus eight? Oh, I, think, I, I, th I think that, like, no, you're talking about. But, but like uh, minus 10, minus 11, you no, no. win? No, he no, thinks like think the like winning score is going to be seven under or less. Or, or eight under, you know, the same or, or less. Ooh, I, I don't. I don't think I'd be shocked. I don't think I'd be shocked. That's what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I, I don't think like, I don't, don't just go to with the momentum. Is I, my don't, I don't Unless think they start we can planting some trees in front of the holes. I'm I mean, maybe, maybe today, the course is that just is that easy. Will Doctor would know, and I would not. I, I don't think anybody can know until we see what happens today. I, I think if if the course plays similar today, then you're on to something. Like, Will Doctor knows. We gotta, we'll ask. Well, it's uh, but you know, like like they said, overcast. Mm-hmm. A little bit of mist, soft green, soft fairways. Everybody went out drinking last You're night. You're not going to get that. Every- I don't think they drink. Like, <laughs> I don't think they drink after round yeah. one. Like celebrate. <laughs> hey, I saw what happens with professional athletes. I shot athletes. a 62. Let's go out and celebrate. After the w- week three preseason game, they go out. All right. It's like the, after they win their play-in game, it's like <laughs> let's let's get wasted. We, what, what's ahead of us anyway? Well, what's ahead of them is, hey, the second round today, and then a moving day tomorrow, and the final round on Sunday. For the U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club. Las Vegas is just a city of champions, boys. Uh, The Golden Knights Parade is going to be tomorrow night. Uh, We had the incredible... I love Parade. (laughs) That was great. Jokic Jokic yesterday was like, I know I said they won't go home, no parade. No. Parade forever. I love Parade. (laughs) Sorry, that was... Really insensitive. That was a terrible accent, but things like three thousand miles. Yeah, be yeah. Yours, yours, <laughs> yours actually was really bad. Yeah, mine was really yeah, bad. That bummed me out. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you anyway, here in Vegas last night, another uh, well, not a champ was crowned, but a trip to a championship game as the United States men's national team defeated Mexico three nil in the Concacaf Nations League semifinals at Allegiant Stadium. Christian Pulisic, who's just our he's he's our best player, uh, he scored twice. Maybe so. ever. Maybe, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's the one he's had the best success internationally, like overseas, you know, playing in Europe. Yeah. Uh, playing I see the... a story here. Is Christian Pulisic already better than Landon Donovan? That's the question. That's the, that honestly, is the that, question. That is a very, very interesting debate because Landon Donovan never had the success that Pulisic is having yeah. in a major league like One could argue league. he went too late. He was a little bit older when he played at Everton, Donovan. Yeah. But he was never a star in the Premier League like Pulisic has been at times. No, and I think, honestly, Tim Howard had a better yeah. Premier League career than, than Landon Donovan, whether it was Tim Howard. I, mean, I think he played Manchester for just a little bit, United. But um, he had a long career. It was, it was Everton, right, where Tim Tim Howard played yeah. for a while? He had the best FIFA yeah. rating of any U.S. player ever. Like and also, also – He was a legit player. And Brad Keller played in your our, – our goalies do well. Right. Our, no goalies usually, our goalies usually get run in, in, over in England. But – our strikers, but this kid, not so much. But Pulisic, Pulisic's playing for the best teams in the world. Like he's playing in Germany, you know, he's playing in England. Like he, this this dude is insane. Anyway, he scores two goals. U.S. wins. Now they go to the final against Canada, the champion of the Concacaf Nations League, which is like a precursor to the re, I don't the real tournament if you want to call it, which is the Gold Cup. Now everyone's like, "Whoa! I thought it was the World Cup." It's like the, it's the special, <laughs> true. Cup. Yeah, on, like on, like when you beat it, yeah. like Rainbow Road, you go to, on a higher level CC, you go to the special cup. Yeah, that's exactly. very difficult. You know, now the World Cup is coming up. <laughs> this Here's was the thing. This was the Mushroom Cup, Mackenzie. What they played today. Yeah, right. Now uh, we will. This, this like the Concacaf Gold Cup happens every two years, right? And. It's between all the nations that are in our region, which is like the United States, Mexico, Canada, Central South Central America, not South America. They have Copa America. That's their mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah, we're lucky it's not South America. It's not. No. Yeah, remember we got invited one year to like the Copa America? Yeah, oh, yeah. Rocket. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the odds to win the Gold Cup prior to last night's match 
Mexico was favored at plus 160, and the U.S. second favorite at plus 175. Costa Rica third favorite at plus 500. We don't even count that, right? It's about the United States and Mexico. Literally, these two these two nations have played in the two most recent Gold Cup finals, right? And right. the United States, it's it's either been the USA or Mexico in every single Gold Cup final except for the year 2000. In the, in the year 2000. In the year 2000, Canada defeated Colombia. But other than that, the United States or Mexico has been in the championship match. Or they've played each other, which they have many, many times, including the last two years. Mexico won in 2019, the United States in 2021. That's right. <laughs> but Mexico is the favorite or was the favorite prior to last night's match. After watching last night's match, and after seeing the U.S. win 3-0, I don't see any way that the United States is not favored over Mexico to win the Gold Cup. I agree with you. And USA was favored yesterday because uh, they had home home soil. They were plus 130 to win outright. Mexico was plus 220. But 3-0 is 3-0 in the dominant fashion. And it's not like there's not a lot of, you know, um, people of the Mexican persuasion that are going to show up to Allegiant Field and root on Mexico. I know that's the case in Chicago. So I think 3-0 is a dominant victory. I think you move the odds, maybe what, USA plus 150, Mexico plus 170? Something like that. And it was feisty. There was a bunch of red cards last night as well. So there's no love lost between these two nations. Uh, It's an incredible soccer rivalry and one that will be renewed in a few weeks because the Gold Cup begins at the end of June. So in a few weeks, this tournament will begin. And the bet to make is the United States to win the event. I agree. That's it. The championship uh, semifinals, by the way, will be at Allegiant Stadium. So maybe we'll get another USA-Mexico match. Or if they're lined up to play in the final, then final is at SoFi Stadium over in L.A. But after last night's And three, that's in America, right? That is, I mean, yes. the U.S. United States of. Yeah, yes. We got it. We got it. And so after the 3-0 victory for the U.S. last night, we're betting the U.S. to win the Gold Cup. There are some rumors. The NBA season's over. We're getting up. I guess the draft comes up sooner than you think. Uh, but there are some some players currently in the league who may be on the move this offseason. A couple big names, including a couple guys who like it was it was a big deal that they stayed loyal to their original team. And now maybe after a couple years of that, they're like, ah, no, maybe not. Uh, including Bradley Beal, who seems to be the hottest of the hot stove guys. You think the Wizards want Bradley Beal in four years, $205 million? Not anymore. Not, so. no, not anymore. But like they certainly did at the time. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's. I don't fun. think it's a matter of loyalty. It's like they're both. I mean, I don't know what Beal thinks. But no, I'm Wizards, sure he wants out, too. They both have to want yeah, out of this need thing. need to start over. Uh, Bradley Beal, the odds for Bradley Beal's next team are up. And I'll just go through a few of the favorites. The favorite is the Miami Heat at three to one, Celtics seven to two, Sixers four to one, Knicks five to one, Clippers six to one, and Lakers seven to one. Any thoughts on where Bradley Beal ends up, Mac? The top three makes a lot of sense. I'm going to eliminate the Sixers because I don't think Harden wants to play in Miami with Jimmy Butler. He ain't about that life. So I'm going to skip. He ain't them. about somebody trying to make him work. Exactly. I mean that's. That's my speculation from afar, well, but and, there I said it. And w- when you say James Harden, like when you're t- like on this Bradley Beal one, are you talking about like he would be involved in that sign and trade, something okay. like that? I mean, you have to you have to match salary, and it's it's a big salary coming back. The Celtics they have Jalen Brown, and I'm on the record of saying I don't think he's the player that he's been billed as. I think Bradley Beal as a scorer, you need more than one scorer on a team uh, built around Jason Tatum. And I don't think he is that. I think Bradley Beal is, even if they're similar caliber of players, I think he fits better in Boston. So that makes sense. That's a natural trade target, but. Uh, I don't know. Jason Tatum was kind of lukewarm 
in the press conference after after he lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was like, "Yeah, very good player, All Star. It's very important." He didn't exactly exude like, uh, this is my man forever, I'm riding with him. But the, what I like better is the Miami Heat. Uh, they just made the conf- I mean, just made the finals without Tyler Hero, and he has a similar contract to Bradley Beal. Uh, so if you package that with some other assets, it makes sense. I think that is why they're the favorite at 3-1. to one. All right, let's look at Carl Anthony Towns, who I think it might be mutual as well. Carl Anthony Towns out of Minnesota. Uh, and the favorites are Scott's. New York Knicks, the Wizards are four to one. The Bulls are five to one. It makes a lot of sense that New York would want Carl Anthony Towns. I feel like they need a star in the middle. Uh, they kind of, you know, threw some things together with Isaiah Hartenstein and others. Uh, but I don't see what they send back. I don't think I don't see what Carl Anthony's worth town is worth really at this point in his career. As good as he is, as talented as he is, twenty five a game, great efficiency. Uh, just max players are more expensive than ever, and. If I'm going to move on from him, what am I getting back? I'm not sure. Julius Randle? Okay. Am I, am I going to move from a eighth seed to a seventh and a half seed with Julius <laughs> Randle? I don't even know if that works. Let's see. Towns. Let's go to the trade machine. Towns da, da, for Randle. Scott figures it this out. This trade fails. I mean, the Knicks have to throw in something else to the trade. Well, if, Obi the, Toppin. if the Knicks wouldn't give up R.J. Barrett. Yeah, that trade is successful. Try try. Try RJ. Uh, would it work? Well, really? Just with Obi. I was going to say for Rand- RJ Barrett, but if it works with Obi Toppin, Randall and the money. Randall and Obi Toppin for Carl Anthony Towns. It, it works. Who says no? Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota <laughs> says. They no. say no. Yeah. Minnesota <laughs> says no. All right. Let's look at Chris Paul, who apparently wants out. The favorite for this is surprising yeah, to me. It is. Uh, Lakers. No, the Lakers are the second favorite at three to one. The Celtics are five to one. The favorites. The Knicks. San Antonio Spurs at two to one. Help me make sense of this, Mac. I mean, maybe there's some speculation in the market that I don't know about. But Wants to run the two-man game with Wembenyana. From my point of view, the top two favorites make absolutely no sense because Chris Paul is very vocal about wanting to win a championship, end his season on a contender. The Spurs are the opposite. They're expected to win 22 games last year, maybe 28 games this year. And the Lakers, of all the things they need, Chris Paul is not one of them. They have uh, creation. They ha- they have a guy that can walk up the court and. You know, point point at guys and tell them where to go. They don't have a, they don't have a, they don't have athletes and they don't have shooters. And Chris Paul at this point in his career is neither, neither of those things. Uh, and yeah, the next favorite is Boston Celtics. LA Clippers make some sense if Russell Westbrook wasn't already there. You know, as as that uh, ancillary creator. A little further down sure. the line, a couple teams: the Mavericks at seven to one and the Heat at eight to one. We we talk about Jimmy Butler's fire and how some guys. You mentioned James Harden want to want to play with him. Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler seem built the same way in that regard. Is that a, a duo that could work? Yeah, but I don't know. What if they call, call each other on their own shit? I don't know. I don't know. That might get a little too hot. But that, that, <laughs> that, is, uh, that is the stylistically the kind of franchise that I think Chris Paul wants to go to at this point. Dallas, too. Dallas makes sense. If Kyrie's not there, uh, they would need somebody like uh, a Jalen Brunson replacement, essentially. Let's talk about Damian Lillard. Uh, arguably, probably the best player of these guys that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, the Nets and the Knicks, both 3-1. to one. The Celtics are 4-1, to one, but the favorites are the Miami Heat at 2-1 to one to land Dame. I think 8, maybe 9 out of 10 NBA analysts, enthusiasts, experts, whatever you want to call us, that do it. Uh, pretty heavily all year round, would say the smart thing to do for Portland is to get rid of Damian Lillard in a trade. And that's why these odds are up here. They're at least thinking about it, we would have to say from afar. However, how they go about it, I don't think they can contend. I think at this point in their, in their, in their cycle, they can't contend. So do you take maybe some bad contracts from the Miami Heat or the Brooklyn Nets? I think Miami Heat makes a lot of sense. 
they are they're, they're like eighth title favorites now. They were just in the finals, but they're not considered contenders at this moment. They are the minute they get Damian Lillard if they can keep Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler at the same time. Randall and Barrett for Lillard. <laughs> Who says no? The Knicks. The, <laughs> I mean, no the, no, the Blazers. The Blazers say no. They would rather jump off a bridge than uh, than take that. Uh, all right, there you go. Some uh, some movement. Likely, I would guess, at some point uh, before the trade. That's before. a good question. Who of these guys do we think is most likely Bradley Beal, I think? It feels like well, I mean, well, Chris Paul is not, on the, uh, like, not really on the team. I mean, Chris but, Paul has basically said, I don't want to be here yeah, anymore. Like, it, when, once that gets said, it's hard not to move him. Yeah, so he's 100%. I'd say Bradley Beal is like 85%. To, Who's to the least likely? Him. I would say Carl Anthony Towns maybe the least likely to move. Unfortunately, as a guy that wants to see uh, some shakeup, I think Damian Lillard's least likely. I, I just don't see... Uh, you don't see the right trade After partner. All the you know conversations. I don't. Yeah, about uh, you know how much he means to the city. I think that's a little overrated, maybe. But I'm not in the city. I think also for Dame, like remember, this is a guy who it's almost like Jay Monahan, like when he's like, we don't do this nine yeah. eleven <laughs> like guys. Thing. Yeah, he's like. I'm not looking to join a super team. I don't believe in these guys getting together with these big three. I'm looking to build a team here. Yeah, so maybe like, even if the Blazers wanted to, he'd be like, I mean, he, you're not going to go up to him and say that if he's saying, hey, I can't wait to be in training camp. I love this city. You know, you're just going to ride with him. And then if you, and if you move him after that, then your your fans are upset with you. Right, so maybe forever. Like it, it could be a rupturing type of event. Yeah. And listen, the Blazers, they don't win very often, but they do have a very – rabid fan base no and they will the only professional sport in the city yeah they support that team when they're good they support that team when they're bad so you don't want to piss off your fans so uh that one is is certainly uh a slippery slope Here, portland have a kombucha <laughs> be, be educated about this think of a 10-year timer Let's set the stage for your Major League Baseball action here today. We got one day game. That's at Wrigley, your 220 Eastern time start. Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubbies at home against the Orioles. And it's going to be Baltimore minus 120 favorites with Cole Irvin on the mound in Chicago. And then your night slate begins with the Marlins at the Nationals and Sandy Alcantara on the hill for the Marlins in D.C. Trevor Williams starting for the Nats. Miami's minus 190. It's high, but it's Sandy Day. But Sandy has not had a Sandy-like season, AJ. Two and five with a 4.75 ERA. This is not the guy that won the Cy Young Award last year. No, and a lot of guys who were competing for Cy Youngs last year have have been off to rough starts. This is another guy who's who's in that conversation. Not quite Alec Manoa bad, but certainly not what you expected. That being said, I do like the Marlins in this game. Uh, the Yankees take on the Red Sox at Fenway. Domingo Herman goes for New York. Tanner Houck for Boston. The Red Sox are minus 120 favorites. Nine and a half is the total. And it just it, it doesn't seem right that the Red Sox are favored here. I mean, they just lost two of three to the Colorado Rockies. But Herman uh, coming off also two really good starts, including one in Boston where he threw six innings of one run ball. I, I kind of lean Yankees here as the road dogs. Yeah, hard to argue with your logic there. Uh, again, you, you mentioned it doesn't seem like Boston would be favored given what they just did. I, I think I, I think I side with you on this one. We have two teams that are underperforming oh, grossly in the Cardinals and the Mets. Miles Michaelis gets to start for the Cardinals. Tyler McGill for the Mets. And it just seems like this is the, the weekend that is make or break for the Cardinals. Matt, can we, can we run a query? When the Cardinals are favored this year, 
what is their record? Like, it feels like they're they're favored in so many games that they – I'm like, how are the Cardinals still being favored? So, I, I'll get that for you right now. So, Car- as a favorite this year, uh, doesn't matter Romer, Homer Road? No. 16 and 26 minus 25 units. So, they're almost breaking even when they're a dog. I know they're minus 26 yeah. se- on the season. Don't yeah. 16, bet the Car- – 16 and 26 is favorites. Don't bet crazy? the Cardinals when they're favored. It's That's absurd. They're the, supposed to win, and you're 16 and 26. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are not a good favorite. So, like, if – if you're considering it, stop. The Mets, uh, well, I, th- this is an even spread, but you know the Mets are going to be favored in this one. And the Mets have also had not had a, a good season as a home favorite this year, which the Mets probably will be. They're 12-10, and 10, which is not, not great numbers, not profitable numbers uh, if you're looking to bet on a team. Although, if this is like a minus 110, minus 115, it's not that big of a, a juiced line. The Braves are hosting the Rockies. Danielson Lamette gets a start for Colorado, and Jared Schuster goes for Atlanta. Atlanta's minus 260. The Blue Jays are at the Rangers. Kevin Gosman for Toronto. Martin Perez for the Rangers. Good matchup. And Toronto's minus 140. So you get the Rangers as home dogs. Yeah, I'd say that it's appealing, certainly, uh, but Gosman's been good. Gosman has been really, really good. Angels are at the Royals. Patrick Sandoval goes for L.A. Brady Singer for KC. L.A.'s minus 160. The Royals, uh, who just don't win anymore, they've lost nine straight games and are the worst team in Major League Baseball. The Reds, who swept the Royals, are in Houston to take on the Astros. J.P. France goes for Houston. Andrew Abbott for Cincinnati. Astros are minus 195. Tigers at the Twins. Joe Ryan gets a start for Minnesota. Not sure what the Tigers are going to do with their pitching uh, situation just yet, but Joe Ryan is having a tremendous season at home this year, a 2.35 ERA. Opponents batting just 190 against him in Minnesota. Pirates at the Brewers. Rich Hill on the mound for the Pirates. Julio Tehran for the Brewers. Rich a matchup. Hill's 63 years old, believe it or not. Yeah, and Tehran's like 40. So this is a matchup that you know would have been good like 10 years ago. Uh, Tehran's like 32 years old. Uh, Milwaukee's minus 125 total of nine. Guardians are at the Diamondbacks. Uh-oh, this is your spot. You've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. I really have. Zach Gowan on the mound at home. Against Tristan McKenzie, Arizona's minus 145. The last time we saw the Guardians, they were beating the Padres 8-6. Wow, just a, a tremendous win for them. But the start before that, they got completely shut down by a Waka good pitcher Waka. in Michael Waka. And Zach Gallon at home is literally the best pitcher in baseball history. <laughs> like, let me give you these splits. At home this season, Zach Gallon has made seven starts. He has a .96 ERA. At home this year, a 5.79 ERA on the on the road. We don't talk about that. No, but point nine six at home. Zach Gowan, Diamondbacks. They will pick up the W here against the car, the Guardians. Do we like the under eight? That's what I played on the uh, the Waka game the other day. That was yeah. I mean, I, I I kind of would. Hmm. I don't trust McKenzie. Not you, McKenzie. Gotcha. I don't trust McKenzie. I mean, that's Trist- also true. But gotcha. Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, he said that earlier before the show, <laughs> before you got here. He gave up five runs to the Astros in his, I did la- not in his last that. start. Um, So if, yeah, probably full game under, more so than first five under, because I could see the I could see the Diamondbacks scoring like five off this guy, you know, and then that ruins your first five yeah. under. How are you feeling about your Cy Young odds? I still feel good. What Do you think uh, 
He's the favorite in the National League. He is the favorite. Yeah. What ha- my question is, as someone that watches this from afar, just looks at the odds. What happened to Spencer Strider? He was right there he with had Zach two Allen. Horrible starts in a row. Three all year. Horrible. Now three he's third favorite. Starts. Plus seven fifty. Zach Allen is plus two ten favorite. Yeah, uh, Strider's had three really bad starts in a row. Uh, I think Diamondbacks first five is the way to go here. Probably be a best bet for me. Uh, Phillies are at the A's. Taiwan Walker goes for Philadelphia. JP Sears for the A's. Phillies minus one forty five. The Rays are at the Padres, and Shane McClanahan. The favorite to win the American League Cy Young Award. Boy, did I nail the Cy Youngs this year. Maybe that's that's your thing. Here in June, though. What'd you so, get? What'd you get on Gallon and, and McClanahan? It's only, it's only June 16th, though. You're guaranteed winners. They're a plus 210 favorite. What are you gonna lose that? No. <laughs> what are you gonna, are you gonna lose that? <laughs> if his arm falls off, you never know. Yeah. Uh so McClanahan is 10 and 1 with a 2.18 ERA. That's and good. as we talked about on yesterday morning show, he's the most profitable pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, so McClanahan goes for the Rays, and you Darvish goes for the Padres. Tampa Bay, this is a short price, minus 120. So to me, it would be a um, Rays first five type of bet, just back McClanahan here. White Sox at the Mariners, Michael Kopech on the mound for Chicago, and it's going to be Brian Wu for the Mariners, Seattle minus 120. Giants at the Dodgers. And John Brebia for San Francisco. Not sure who L.A. is going with. Uh, they'll have to mix and match their rotation here. Maybe go with an opener. Dodgers will be favoring that one. Also starting tonight is the College World Series. We uh, shift our attention to Omaha. 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 Not tonight. Today we have, a, well, I guess, a 2 o'clock Eastern time start. Oral Roberts and TCU. And then uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time tonight, Virginia and Florida. This is the double elimination round, which will continue over the course of the next couple of days until we get to a championship. So, the favorite to win, Wake Forest, plus 275. Wake Forest posted a record this year of 47-10. and 10. It's pretty good. That's, you know, lose yeah, at that's plus two seventy five, guaranteed lock. Right. <laughs> your, sec- your second favorite is LSU at plus three eighty. LSU this season forty three and fifteen record. Uh, I've seen some LSU. I, I have a lot of LSU people on my Twitter because it's part of the, the world that I've come from. The wheezy. Uh, yeah. They're not fully confident in the team mm. this year, so I, I'm I'm not confident either. Virginia is next, tied with Florida at plus four fifty. Don't Virginia and Wake Forest seem like schools that should be good at baseball? I yeah. agree. Virginia 45 and 12 down, record. Down there. Florida 44 <laughs> and 14 record. Tennessee's plus 750. TCU plus 800. So not you know the odds get longer for them. You know who I kind of like? Uh if I'm not mistaken, Tennessee swept. Vanderbilt, who I, I think was like most of the season considered mm. the best team. Uh, maybe I like the Vols. They feel like they're riding high right now. Tennessee 38 and 19 on the year. TCU 37 and 22. And then Stanford's plus 1,200. Stanford only got in because of that fluke play that we watched yeah. the other day. Where it was a fly ball that they just lost in the. Uh, in the night sky, I yep. guess. Uh, but Stanford, 38 and 16 on the year. And then Oral Roberts. Oral Bob. Plus 2,200. <laughs> Congratulations. They are in the mix. That's certainly who I'm cheering for. Oral Roberts, not even in the top 25. I love it. Love it. Go D- win it. On D1Baseball.com. 
Not even in the top 25. Made up website you just quoted. I did. I'm going to go with Wake Forest. They're playing Stanford, who shouldn't even be in it. Yeah, go with Wake Forest. I'm going to go with Wake Forest as well. Usually, oh, you guys are going with the favorite. Yeah, okay. Usually, sometimes you, I'm going to get my big sometimes balls value out. on the favorite. I'm going to get my big balls out and go with Tennessee plus seven fifty. So Tennessee in their first game against LSU is plus one seventy dogs. Let's go, baby. That's uh, tomorrow. That's right. Tomorrow, Stanford and Wake Forest. Wake Balls Forest good. minus two fifty. <laughs> Uh, today's odds, TCU, Oral Roberts, TCU minus 175, and Virginia, Florida, Florida minus 135 in the closest-lined first-round matchups. There is a UFC event on Saturday, a, a really good main event, Marvin Vittori and Jared Cannonier. I'm going to go with Vittori in the main event. This is a guy who is as tough as they come. He walks through big shots every fight he's in and just keeps going forward like a freaking zombie. He's he's very difficult to hurt. Cannoneer's the opposite. Even in the fights he wins, he has to come from behind because he tends to get hurt in these fights. He's always in tough spots, always taking damage. Vittori's excellent everywhere, and people are down on him because he can't beat Israel Adesanya. I got news. Israel Adesanya's really good. A lot of guys can't beat him. Doesn't mean that he can't handle everyone else in the weight class. Give me Marvin uh, to probably win a really nice decision here. Most of his fights do go to decision. Uh, so you could look at the goes to decision prop at minus 160. Or, like I said, I just like Marvin Vittori, minus 120. I think he gets a clean decision win in the main event. What would you make of Dana White's announcement yesterday of the main events coming to Nashville, Singapore, and Paris? The Nashville main event between Nurmagomedov and Sanhagen is awesome. That is a fantastic fight. They're looking for someone to, to who like a lot of guys don't even want to fight this Umar Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. He is a, a a boogeyman, and Corey Sanhagen is a stud for taking that fight. I cannot wait for that one. And then uh, I guess Cyril Gunn fighting in France. Yeah, Cyril Gunn, not my favorite fighter to watch. Uh, I would imagine he takes a beating in front of his hometown fans. Mm. That's just my early thoughts. And then uh, UFC or future Hall of Famer Max Holloway is going to be fighting in Singapore. Yeah, this is a weird matchup. And there it's was just some, name brand. There was some. No, it's not just name brand. Apparently, the Korean Zombie particularly asked for Max Holloway. For Max Holloway. It's going to be his retirement fight. It sounds like a terrible idea because Max Holloway is going to beat the shit out of the Korean <laughs> zombie. But that's what he wanted. Like, all right, is this what you want? Okay, you got it, buddy. You're going to sell tickets. Let's go. No uh, Belbita on the card this weekend? No, not yet. They haven't. Uh, well, I mean, she just fought, Scott. Give her, I'll watch her every week. Give her AJ. a break. Give her some time to recover. She's uh, She had a, uh, a foot injury at the end of the night. I don't know if she posted it on her Instagram, but I did see she had a uh, a swollen up foot after that fight. But she did get herself a win. Yeah, congratulations. Now get back in the octagon. We have to keep watching. And you have to keep heading to pregame.com, where you can take advantage of a variety of discounted packages and picks available for you our listeners. We got great offers going at pregame.com right now, whether you want Major League Baseball, UFC, Canadian football, WNBA, lots of stuff going on here in the dog days of the summer. There's no dog days of summer. This is just another day at the office here at pregame.com. So if you're not a member already, sign up for free because you get a free $25 just for signing up. But then you could use our special promo code BIRD20, B-I-R-D-20, and take 20% off anything at pregame.com, whether it is a single best bet or a package of plays for a day or a weekender subscription. You can choose your favorite pro, get a weekender all access. You get every pick in any sport from your favorite pregame pro. You can get it for 20% off using the promo code BIRD20. Only available 
at pregame.com only for you, the listeners of Straight Out of Vegas. Hey, yeah. Love you guys. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman and my darling Belbita, I'm Scott Zadenberg. We are Straight Out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.